0: Hello and welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz and I am excited again to be sharing with you on this fourth week in Epiphany for the week of January 28th, 2018. And before we really get into this, I want to again thank you for all the wonderful feedback that I've been getting. It's been super powerful, super awesome to get that, to make this more of a beneficial tool for everyone listening. And remember that this is a tool for you guys. I'm trying to make this better for you guys. So if you have suggestions, different things you're feeling about, I would love to hear them so I can try making this a more useful tool for you. I know that the last few weeks and even this week, there's a couple different kind of styles I'm kind of working with here. And so if you like some or don't like some, feel free to let me know. That would be absolutely awesome. Additionally, I want to reach out and just say that I am planning on attending the midweek convocation, which is this week at Luther Seminary. And so if you're looking at being there or if, there, if you want to meet up, feel free to reach out to me. Just respond to the email and I should be able to see if we can make something happen. I decided that this would be a very good uh, conference for me to kind of go to since it's dealing with science and faith, see if I can make some additional contacts and see if this is another way that we can make this even a better podcast for you guys, the listener. So I'm really excited about that stuff. And again, I want to put in my my shameless plug for Working Preacher this week. There was a lot of really good stuff, uh, especially on the Sermon Brainwaves podcast, giving me some background since I'm not an ordained minister. But if you haven't checked out Working Preacher and the Sermon Brainwaves podcast, there's a lot of really good material there, a lot of really informed people, really great commentaries. I use them every single week to help me kind of get me some direction on where I'm going with these. So if I would just highly recommend taking a look at that. So as we get into this week, the fourth Sunday of Epiphany for the week of January 28th, I'm not going to lie, it's it's a very difficult week to try to bring in some science concepts. Uh, I think I figured out something, and it'll, it's kind of a the dirty side of science, and we'll talk about that a little bit later and why I'm kind of going there. But I'm really kind of excited to share some of this stuff because there is a lot of hope and a lot of... Light that is definitely being shed in this epiphany season and definitely in this week. So, our gospel reading is out of Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. And this is, we have to remember where we're early on. This is the year of Mark. And that this is kind of his coming out party, if you want to put it that way. First public act here in uh, verses 21 through 28. So, he's going into the synagogue, he is, you know, doing some teaching. Probably also some listening, I would assume, but doing some teaching in the synagogue. And this is where his first act is an exorcist. He is casting out an unclean spirit. And you can see how the people were amazed at his ability to just be able to deal with that. And that even these unclean spirits know who he is and he just listen to him. So it's kind of a very unique reading. And I think we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit further a little later on. The first reading, or the Old Testament reading, is from Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. This is a beautiful reading, actually, uh, talking about rising up a prophet like Moses, after Moses has done some of his time, and kind of giving a a brief explanation on what are we looking for in a prophet, and we'll kind of get into this, again, a little bit more later, but... If you get the time this week, definitely take a look into that. It's a beautiful reading, uh, and just kind of explaining what it what is a prophet. What are we looking for in a prophet? And we'll talk about that a little bit. The Psalm this week is Psalm one eleven, and if there is such thing as a resume for God, it's Psalm one eleven. Just beautiful works. Uh, beautiful poetic uh, if you look at starting at verse three uh full of honor and majesty are his work and his righteousness endures forever he has gained renown by his wonderful deeds the lord is gracious and merciful it's just this beautiful poetic version of what god is and actually if you are already there verse Uh, Psalm 112 is kind of a parallel psalm and kind of what our role is with God. So kind of God explaining his character and then God explaining our character in Psalm 112. Kind of an interesting little comparison if you're dialing that road. Uh, But just this awesome psalm kind of reminding us of the power and the essence of who God is. But really what I want to dig into this week is starting with the second reading or the New Testament reading, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, verses 1 through 13 or the whole chapter. And I think this is one of the things I will definitely, again, kind of put a plug in for the Sermon Waves podcast. They gave me a lot of depth into this particular reading, especially this week. Uh, just being able to kind of make sure that we're not getting caught up on just the surface layers of stuff here. And we have to remember, this is the third of four weeks in First Corinthians, and we get this question now about food. And this is kind of one of the first questions that Corinth is bringing to Paul to talk about. And when we look at this now coming from the 21st century, coming from where we're maybe not as accustomed to this, it seems like, well, why are we dealing with this? What's the big deal here? And... We forget that one food is still offered to idols around the world, and and two, this is an early church. This is a very early church. There isn't tradition, a ton of tradition, and it's it's what does this all mean for us? So one of the things that why they're talking about this is the Temple of Apollos was fifty feet roughly from the market, and so the food that is being sold in the market is already been sacrificed to the gods or their idols, and so that's why they're questioning this. You know, is this okay if this has been already sacrificed uh, to another idol? Is this okay? and to kind of summarize quickly this paul says yes but i think it it brings up an interesting point that we're maybe we miss sometimes in the 21st century and i think the early christians here have a really good point when you're in college and i definitely heard it in college you get bombarded with christian identity if you get into different christian organizations and I think this is the second step of that that often doesn't get focused enough on at times. And what does that mean? What does it mean and what is your actions out of? Saying that you're a Christian, saying that you have the faith. And that's where they're kind of getting at is, does our actions need to change because we're Christians so that we can't eat this food? And so it's a very valid question. And I I want to read a passage of this as we kind of transition a little bit into the, how does this apply to science? And I think it's something that's an interesting correlation here. So starting at verse 5. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. It is not, however, Who has this knowledge since some have become accustomed to idols until now and still think of food that they eat offered to an idol as their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. And I really what I want to kind of focus on is that first part there of verse eight. Food will not bring us close to God. And me coming from this podcast and having kind of started this, this is kind of some things that I thought about coming into this. And in this culture where we have the this science versus faith debate, we often, I think, get caught up in what, you know, who's first type of idea. And... For me, one of the things that I really thought about with even the simple thing of naming this podcast is that it was the Faith in Science podcast. The faith has to come first before the science, before any proof. And this is, I think, kind of what the heart of what Paul is getting at here is that this, in this case, food, but the support for God cannot supersede God. Science cannot supersede God in your life. It cannot supersede your faith. You have to have the faith. You have to take that leap of faith to be able to have any type of backing. Science can only support the faith. It can never overtake the faith. And I think that's something in... When we're in the society that we are today, it's very difficult to kind of always wrap our head around and and when we're hearing that. And so I'm going to kind of give a dirty example, if we want to put it that way, of that. And I was listening to a podcast a few months ago, and as I was thinking about this, I had to dig and actually really look to find what I was listening to. And it was something off of NPR called Planet Money. And if you go into episode 677, the experiment, experiment, if you have 20 minutes, it's a solid listen. And it's kind of one of the dirty things of science uh, they talk about. And this is one of the things that I get to try to, on this end, try to sort through a little bit to make sure that I'm bringing you good quality stuff. But sometimes that's difficult to do, and we'll kind of get into that. So, where this podcast starts is it talks about how in the Journal of Personal and Social Psychology, they had a paper that came out that was peer-reviewed, which means it's been looked over by other people, seeing that this could be uh, done again and that's a big thing in the sciences that it has been peer reviewed it's that's that means that it has credibility if you if you're in a journal you know that has been peer reviewed I'll oh, just doing a quick Google search. Scholarly peer review is the process of subjecting an author's scholarly work, research, or ideas to the scrutiny of others who are experts in the same field before a paper describing their work is published in a journal, uh, conference, proceeding, or a book. So this has gone through the mill. People have looked at it. And he was taking different... Uh, journal articles putting them together and saying with these nine different experiments that ESP is real and this guy named Brian Nosek, who was a psychologist at the University of Virginia said okay I've been in this field long enough I know that this can't be true and looking at it he the guy was making an a interesting argument and so what he said And one of the main basic foundations of science that sometimes gets overlooked is repeatability. And so he he reached out to some of his colleagues and actually ended up getting a tremendous amount of response from colleagues saying, how about we try rerunning these tests? And so he ended up rerunning a 100 different tests, one of which was actually his own. And he had one of his students, probably grad students, keep track of whether the results were positive that they were able to confirm the result or negative and they did not get the same result that was written in the journal. And from these 100 experiments, two-thirds of them, they could not repeat the result. And so it's it gets into then kind of what is going on and there's a lot of people like hearing positive results. Is there... Human error, where we're essentially try we're close to getting a correlation or something that's showing like there's a decent um, support for. In the science world, you often try getting something of 95% confidence, that 95% of the time we would expect this to happen. So you're looking for these confidence intervals. We're looking for these different things. And so if it's close, there's times, well, maybe we'll run a little bit more. And does that then start to bring in additional air, uh, negative results not being published. So the they call it the file drawer effect. And so then he was talking about how there's different fields. This is affecting the different fields differently. You know, It may affect psychology different than it does biology. It's, it's an interesting read. All right, it, I'll send there's one where it's written out or you can listen to it. And I would say it's worth a listen. And being from growing up and being in the sciences, I could totally see how this happens. And you don't intend that you're twisting something. You don't intend that you're manipulating something. You're trying to, well, this is close. Maybe if we run it a little bit longer, maybe we'll get something. And sometimes that's not the case. And so he offers then toward the end of his podcast a couple different things that they're looking at uh, with a couple different journals to try to fix this problem. And so that's, for me, as we kind of look at these readings this week and we're thinking about these things, especially being in Advent, Advent, this time of where God is showing us that he is the light, that he is the truth, you know, showing us, you know, God's character as he begins his ministry. We have to remember, we have to be careful with our hearts. We have to be careful what we're doing. But we also have the truth that's coming through that from the gospel reading that God will break through and God does have ultimate control. But like we even talked about here in the first reading from, uh, no, second reading from Corinthians where there is a war that we're not seeing. That we're a part of it, and God is fighting for us. And, and he wants to be, he, he knows he's going to win, but he wants us on his side. He wants, he wants to comfort us and help us and, and get us along the way. And coming off of last week where we're dealing with calling and figuring out what that is, it's difficult at times then figuring out who are the prophets? Who are the people we should be listening to? How do we cut through the noise to really get to what is the heart and the truth that God is telling you and God is telling us as people. You know, one of the things that, again, was brought up in the Sermon Brainwaves podcast that I thought was really interesting there was a pastor who's on there who talked about one of his first calls in the 90s, was with kind of an older men's group at his church. And he brought up that one of them one day was going through and saying, I wish I'd recognized that Martin Luther King Jr. was a prophet before earlier. And I think about that kind of today is, who are our prophets now? Who are the prophets that are trying to preach to us now that we're not, are we listening? And how well are we listening? Do we have multiple prophets out now? You know, where is God? God is moving in and among us all the time but where is he right now who is he touching who is he with who is who is he trying to help rise up to help us show our faith and be more bold and to and to show the essence of god's character to us and if we need reminders of that that's what psalm 111 is psalm 111 just shows the essence of who he is and that he's merciful and that he's He's trustworthy. He's there for us. And we just have to rely on him. We have to try to find these prophets. We have to, you know, trust in ourselves that God is with us. But we still have to filter the noise. And that can be hard. That can definitely be very hard. So, I thank you again for tuning in this week. Let me know your thoughts. I know I've been doing a couple different styles. would love to hear what your thoughts are about them. And... Again, I enjoy the feedback. I enjoy trying to figure out different ways to be able to make this more applicable to all of you, the listener. This is really for you guys and gals. And I'm really happy to have this community. I'm really excited to continue to do this. And I pray that God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.